I was reflecting as I was coming in that really the idea of hearing a new string quartet um, is really like hearing a new symphony or maybe a new opera. There's something very special about the, this particular form or those three particular forms. This is, of course, Mark Anthony Turner's second published quartet before it came Twisted Blues with Twisted Ballad, and the premiere of that was, of course, here at the Wigmore Hall, again with the Belcher Quartet, who are giving the premiere of this new quartet this evening. At the centre of that earlier quartet were two Led Zeppelin songs, a reminder, perhaps, that no composer is a cultural island. At the heart of tonight's new quartet is a late poem by Sylvia Plath, which indeed gives the piece its name. It's called Contusion. The quartet is also the first fruit of a new commissioning troika combining the Wigmore Hall, the Radcliffe Trust, and MMC recordings, which means, happily for all of us, that it'll be out on disc, uh, hopefully earlier rather than later, but also, and you perhaps know this already, but I'm going to repeat it, it's going to be the set piece for next year's Wigmore Hall International String Quartet competition. And it'll be played by all of the 12 quartets who've made it through to the finals out of the 33 who applied, and the final of the competition is next March, the end of next March. I thought I might begin simply by reading the very short poem by Sylvia Plath, uh, on which, uh, it, which is uh, the starting point for tonight's quartet. Um, it's called, as I've said, Contusion. Colour floods to the spot, dull purple. The rest of the body is all washed out, the colour of pearl. In a pit of a rock, the sea sucks obsessively. One hollow, the whole sea's pivot. The size of a fly, the doom mark, crawls down the wall. The heart shuts, the sea slides back, the mirrors are sheeted. And this was one of the very late poems before Sylvia Plath took her own life. Mark, let me begin by asking, how did the commission come about? Um, it was actually, um, I'd worked, I, had a, I had a, actually had a residency um, with the CVSO. Um, and in fact, I think, I'm pretty sure, um, I've got a terrible memory for the dates and everything. It seems to go past very quickly in my life. But I had a, a commission also from the Radcliffe Trust for... Um, for uh, three screaming poets, my, one of my first orchestra pieces. So I, there was a, a lot of funding for Birmingham, which was great. So it was one of my first sort of high-profile um, gigs, in a way. And so I, I, um, when they came back to me, uh, I think through Colin Matthews, in fact, asked me initially, um, would I like to write f uh, for... I think initially it wasn't necessarily... I think there were commissions that are not necessarily string quartet, but um, I think he gave me a few options, and I said that um, a quartet would be something that I'm feeling more and more comfortable about writing. Um, I used to feel very uncomfortable about writing string quartets for the thought you were talking about earlier. <laughs> but that, I think that's how it came about. And was it always intended for the Belcher? Yes, it was. Yeah, I had this great um, uh, connection with them. Um, I, I wasn't at college with them because they're younger than me. Um, but uh, I did know them and I knew Christoph, particularly the viola player. And so there was a sort of raw college and music connection in a funny sort of way because they, they studied there. Um, of course, two players are now different but you know so I've known but I've sort of grown up with their recordings and, and heard them live and so um, I sort of jumped at the chance that it would be I think I think again I think I was given a choice but I wanted to work again with the Belcher because they'd done such a great job on on the other um, Twisted Blues. Presumably because they had played that the relationship with them had deepened yes. and, and you had a, a, a greater sense of them um, not only as friends I guess but as musicians too. Definitely I mean it, it, this piece is very different from the other I mean it's uh, in fact um, Christoph informed me that it's easier than the other, other quartet, <laughs> which I'm quite relieved at, um, especially as it's going to be in a competition. 
because um, that was something I didn't realize until later. So, so I never wrote it for, uh, specifically for the competition. That, that, that happened later. Um, but I, I certainly, I know that, that, that I do know their characters. And that there are a couple of passages that are, you know, because I wrote it, this is a couple of years old, this piece. I mean, two and a half, three years old. And um, certainly, if you think about it, it's quite close to um, the actual composition of, 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 of Twisted Blues. They're not so far apart in terms of um, the composition. But I think, so there's some textures that are similar, but I think that, um, that there is a, there's a real difference in a way. Are there particular things, qualities that the Belchers have as performers that, that, that you've incorporated into the piece, things that they can do that you've always particularly liked? Well, I think they can do anything. Um, one thing they do definitely do, apart from play wonderfully, is play in tune. <laughs> I know that sounds very strange, but there are some quartets, uh, of course they're not going to remain nameless, where the first violin plays very sharp, and it's a real trend with certain quartets. We don't have this in this quartet. It's a really, it's very clean, and, and that, that was that was one thing that is definitely very attractive to me. But it, these are lots of other things. The way they play Beethoven, um, it's it's it, if you think about it, it's the, one of the richest repertoires in, in, in the whole of music, and um, so it, that's why it's intimidating. But also, you know, they play a lot of you know the, tonight's program for me is is, is incredible because I love Beethoven and I love the Brahms. So just to be in wedged between the two is sort of scary, but also, you know, I want to stay for the rest of the concert. Were they involved in the process as you were writing? Were you talking to them? No, not so much, actually. I mean, that was... I mean, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I mean, it's just... I sort of... There's, there's quite a lot of trust, and I, and I wanted to write something a bit different. But, you know, there, there's been quite a lot in... The, once I've done something, I, I'm willing to change. And, and we... we um, were around uh, Christoph, uh, the viola player's um, house, and we and, uh, um, we, I did change quite a few little things because I wanted it to be um, for them, but also I liked the input. And it was, it was interesting because they did come up with certain ways of um, playing a forte piano, which is a, a very quick, you know, uh, well, loud to soft um, uh, attack. And we had a long, quite a lot of discussions if we want it very pinpoint, very quick, or very slow. And, and, and in a way, I want their personality to be imprinted on that. So it's, it's going to be interesting because there are quite a few little tiny changes that the people, the quartets that are playing in the competition have to know about. Um, so I do change, but, but I think I just get on, I got on with it this time. I think, I think that sometimes I'm always, I've always been a bit nervous about writing for strings because not being a string player, um, there's quite a few composers who have, actually. In fact, quite a lot of composers over the years, um, right back to Beethoven, I think Mozart as well, played the viola, because it's great to be in the middle, well, apparently. Brahms, Brahms course, yeah, yeah, but Britain, um, a lot of, a lot of, you know, so, but, I, but I'm, I'm very, very sad that my parents, and it's not their fault, I mean, I probably said no, <laughs> um, but I never, that I never learned a string instrument, it's my real regret, and people say, oh, it's not too, it's never too late, but it is, <laughs> <laughs> it really is, I'm too old, and I, I think maybe the cello would have been the, would have been the instrument I would have chosen. I want to come back to the cello, yeah. but we just Staying with the Belchers for a moment. Yeah. What I was struck by in the rehearsal this afternoon was still you and they are adjusting. I mean, and not giving anything away. You, mm. There was quite a long dialogue about the end of the of the piece. Yeah, it's it's funny because um, ends are always very hard. I think. I mean, I always I always think it's. I mean, it just sounds like a flippant remark, but it's really very important to get the beginning and the end 
you know, quite striking because I think that the, 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 uh, some pieces that, you know, I, I get disappointed and I think you have, to, you have to really think about that quite carefully. And I think the, um, the chord needs to be adjusted and I think that, that again, it's to do with acoustic and, and the way... So, yeah, so this, that, 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 those last two bars um, are, are different and they will have to, you know, as I said, the details will have to go to the quartets that are playing in the competition because we, we have changed it. Why Sylvia Plath? Is this someone who, as a poet, has, has walked through your life? Yeah, I suppose so. I mean, it's, it's a bit sort of... I mean, everybody says, you know, they read it when they're 15, 16. I did. Um, I actually set some Sylvia Plath early on, um, a piece called Lament for a Hanging Man, um, and that was the, from Ariel. Um, and, and actually, it's called Hanging Man, in fact, the poem. So I've got a slight connection. Also, my teacher, Oliver Nusson, set... Um, uh, in his second symphony, so I was—I mean, I was aware of Sylvia Plath before I even met Ollie, I think. But he's, I always found her poetry very striking. It's, it's very bleak, um, but then that's probably something that I'm quite drawn to. I mean, even if we didn't know this was one of the late poems, and that within weeks, literally, mm. that she she takes her own life. Mm. The, this, those final three lines, yeah. you know, are, are amongst the darkest. I think of. Yeah. any poet in, yeah. the, in the kind of post-war period, really. Yeah. I mean, she's just shutting up a life, shutting mm. up everything. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's funny. I've I read a lot, and, and I've read a lot about suicide and about, you know, I mean, also people, funny enough, you're having a, uh, a, a concert with Beethoven, of course, that was part of his life. He considered that very serious. And I think it's part, sort of that idea is sort of in quite a lot of artists' life is, is, is sort of, I don't know, it's something quite strong. I think it's... it's this idea that you can just end it, and I think it's really wrong, but I, in a way. But I, I, so I read a lot. Um, I'm not morbid. I just, I just think it's quite um, a strong emotion. I'm quite um, aware of the sort of death around around you. That's very interesting. Do you think? I mean, in your own case, maybe others, that there is a kind of greater sense of 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 of, of, of or presence of death in a way as you're working. I suppose so. It sounds pretentious, though. I'm very worried to get down to that. But I suppose there's something... I mean, I, I'm, I've been... I mean, this is a personal thing, but I've had you know, six friends of mine have died in two years. Um, funny enough, since, the, since this piece. And, and although um, first the friends died around that time, and so although it's not in memory of them, um, it, and they've all been in my... Most of them, in fact, four of them have been my age. Um, out of the six, there's only two that were Richard Ronnie Bennett and Henser, who was my both teacher. Oh, well, Henser was my teacher, who have died. So, so I suppose this, when you get older, you're aware that people around you, but not usually in your 50s. So, so it's sort of something that that that, that is sort of living with a little moment. So maybe it does come out in the piece. But when you're writing a piece that that has a starting point like a poem, yeah. this is by Sylvia Plath. Do you, do you keep the poem in your head, or does it sit there, as it were, on your desk as you're writing? <clears throat> it doesn't sit there, but it's, 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 it certainly informs the early stages. It's mainly the early stages. There's no literary... I mean, you, this, this poem doesn't... I've not set it. Sometimes, I, when, when I was younger, I used to set lines um, and almost, you know, and take them away. So they were instrumental lines, ultimately, but that you could have sang them. And it's happened quite a few times. Um, certainly pieces that are based on Beckett. I've did a piece called Your Rockabye, which is based on Rockabye. And certainly bits of that, you could actually take the lines out and, and sing them from the poem. Um, but, or from the play in, that, in the case of Rockabye, but um, with this it was just a feeling, and I didn't, it's always, I mean, I was sometimes loath to put the programme in, and of course I called the piece Confusion, so I, I wanted it to be, it is, it is about the poem, or my view of the poem, that's the thing, it's like, it's very personal, so I think it, it, it the feeling is definitely the beginning stages, and the, the, how the piece opens, I think, is, 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 
how I feel about that poem. But then, uh, then you sort of forget about it because you, then you get tied up with um, technical things about how, how to shape the piece and stuff. And, and it certainly doesn't follow the structure of the poem. So it's just a sort of feeling. It's the same when I've written pieces about painting as well. It's my view. It's very, it's very um, personal. If, if one takes the, the central idea that begins the poem of contusion of a bruise, yeah. of, of the blood subcutaneously spreading yeah. out. Yes. This, this I mean, that, that seems to be a very musical idea. It, it is, and it sort of does that, because it's... It, you know, and also, it's very obsessive. The, the opening, it's almost monothematic. Uh, it's a thing that actually, going back to Beethoven, who I'm a huge fan of, um, certainly the later Beethoven, later quartets, which I'm very aware of, although they don't reference any of them here, is this idea um, of, of a mono theme and, and, and you're just one idea in a sense. And certainly the, the, all the pages of the openings, maybe five or six, seven or eight pages, um, I don't know how many minutes it is, I, I haven't timed it, but it's really one, you know, it's really this one idea, this sort of rocking idea um, with the forte piano. And, um, and I think that, that, that in a sense, as I get older, um, because Beethoven meant a lot to me or means a lot to me, but certainly when I was younger, I'm starting to, one of the sort of ultimate things is to really make a piece out of one idea, which is really very hard, but is sort of like an almost an ultimate goal for certain composers, not for everybody. But so, so in a sense, um, it's that sort of obsessive thing that I wanted to, 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 to get. And I think that I've taken the risk on that more with this piece than any other piece I've written. But, but it's fair to say that this idea, I mean, you call it a rocking piece for yeah. the piano, yeah. and, and it does walk its way right the way through the whole of it. Yeah, it? yes it is. But yeah. it's an idea that you've, you've used before. Probably. <laughs> well, no, in, the no, sense, in the sense, it's a kind of motif mm. that, that, yeah. that I can think of right back. I mean, mm. almost. I mean, to, to Pope's in, in a way. You know, yeah, I mean, it's, I, it's yeah. something about it that you particularly like. Well, I suppose so. But I think it's 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 well, it's there's a few things about it. It's it's sort of um, it's a. It, and it, although less in this piece, but it can be used in sort of almost like a fanfare way. I, I write a lot of fanfares, but then on another level, it can be almost like a lullaby as well. And I've written a lot of lullabies, and so so um, so there's something as an element of that. So it, it's definitely um, something that is, I use expressively. But with this, I've sort of got what I did with earlier pieces like through and Popes is I added lots of other things in. This is now just very naked and just on its own. And so that's why it's quite hard to control it because I want to, and I want to make the pieces, you know, sort of almost take the clutter out. The piece is played as a single movement, but it's clearly in three distinct sections. Yeah. yeah. Just take us through the three sections. Well, they're, they're sort of, um, they're, they're fairly, I suppose they're not blurred, are they? I mean, they are too, yeah. What happens is that you get, um, you certainly get this, this rocking idea at the beginning. It suddenly t- takes a turn for the, it suddenly gets nasty, actually, I have to say. I think the, the opening is quite, in some ways, lyrical. But then suddenly you'll hear, um, certainly the first violin and the second violin play this really very tangled uh, sol ponticello, um, very sort of nasty um, tune, well, sort of counterpoint. And then the piece really starts to get quite rough. Um, there's also a, 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 a really um, rough, uh, and I call it rough because you have to play like with extreme bow pressure, um, duo between um, past between the viola and the cello, and so all these sort of um, sort of quite aggressive things are happening, and then sort of um, it's, it, it does change after that, and it starts to get more sort of um, interaction between the quartet, and, and, and then there's a sort of uh, then there's a big section which actually cuts in there. It was originally about twice as long, but um, where there's solos, particularly with the first violin playing quite sort of very um, almost expressionistic. 
um, solos with 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 the rest of the quartet accompanying, um, and and that that's that sort of. But then there's a coda which really does go back to mm. to the original material, but it's all much higher. And there's a, and then there's a cello solo, a very lyrical cello solo, and it's very funny because I, I now thinking because. Um, I revised this, I mean, I wrote it quite a few years ago, but then I revised it, and the cello solo was much more angular originally. I made it much more lyrical, and I don't know what... It, sometimes I write pieces quite quickly and then reflect and then go back and then, and then change, and that, that seemed to be much more effective, and it's beautifully played by Antoine in the, in the quartet, really beautifully played. It, it's very tempting, as you describe it, and, and, and indeed as hearing in rehearsal this afternoon, to think of the three movements in a way as conforming in some kind of way to what, what, what a three-movement string quartet would be, yeah. with a kind of opening a slow movement and a dante perhaps, then a scherzo, and yeah. a kind of allegretto coda, allegretto mm. coda at the end. I mean, am I, am I overanalyzing? Well, um... Not really, but I suppose I, I, it's very funny because I've written a lot of move, a lot of pieces that have been, um, you know, multi-movement. You know, I've got orchestral pieces now that are f- sometimes four or five or six movements, and um, and I used to write pieces that were were always continuous in the sense that they were like attacker, so they were in movements as such, but they were like big shapes, big structures. And with this, I suppose it is, it is a, you know, 12, I don't know how many times, I think it's 12 minutes, but it's, um, it's a big shape, but it has, in, uh, but my ultimate goal in a sense is to, to just have um, a 12 minute, just one idea, but that's, that's very hard to do. <laughs> so, so what, it's like I used to chicken out writing string quartet because cause, um, it's, a, it's a fascinating thing for me because um, I was too scared to write one because it was very intimidating. So I used to always add one instrument. So I've got lots of pieces for like clarinet and quartet, quartet. Uh, piano, there's a piano quintet, and I always thought I always started sketching a string quartet, and then and then chickened out. Mm. So now I feel like maybe I'm old enough to uh, to actually write one. I, I want to come back to that idea okay. before we yeah. do. I mean, one other thing is you can think about the string quartet um, both in, in 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 its journey from from the 18th century, from Haydn, Mozart, yeah. up to Bartok and, and yeah. Shostakovich. In in two ways, you can see it as a series of conversations, of dialogues between the four players, mm. or you can see it as a conversation conflict between one player mm. and three or two yeah. and two. Um, mm. But I wonder where, where, what the pleasure of the form in that sense is, either the sense of dialogue, conversation, or in the sense of, of, of conflict within Well, the- it's all of them, really. I mean, I just recently went to a performance of the Grosse Fugue, um, which I think is one of the greatest pieces of music ever written. And um, I just realised, you know, just that piece is so extraordinary. Mm. In terms, and you know, and, 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 and again, monothematic in a way, with that, you know, da da da, you know, that's that sort of intense... Mm. Thing. I mean, that's just that's, and, and that's really, the, the, I mean, all this this repertoire is very important to me. Um, but I love all the aspects. I love Hyde, and I love I love you know the, this this history. I mean, it's it's a, it. I suppose in, I'm just always think that if you're a, if you're a soloist, um, um, like a cellist or a violinist, you, you have you know going around doing concertos, you do end up doing the same things after a while. I mean, some of the pieces are obviously wonderful. But with a quartet, it must be incredible. There's just so many good pieces. So, um, so I think that, that, that this, this sort of dialogue and argument on all these things are, are, are very exciting. I just think it's, it's just... I could see myself writing a lot more, um, you know, just because just it's so rich. 
I mean, I was struck, I suppose, by the, the moment you alluded to um, in, the, in the central part of the, of the work, which is the viola and the cello. Yeah, um, yeah. Really a kind of standoff, a kind of edgy relationship. <laughs> between, you know, no sense of conversation there at all. No. I mean, these, these are two, two, two voices who are, in a sense, kind of pushing each other. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that was, I don't know where that, I mean, that, that, whether that came from the plath or whether I just wanted to do that. But I rarely do that. But, and I think, again, as a composer, and I'm, I'm, I teach, and I always, I always push this idea that you've got to challenge yourself to try and do something, and sometimes things don't come off. I was very scared about that. Um, uh, also, because when they play, um, Christophe and Antoine, when they're playing, there's, there's, there are gaps as well, and I was scared that it was too slow, or whether, because at points they, they stop as well, and so it, it's, it's very sort of hesitant in some ways. And usually I have things that are very goal orientated, so, you know, it's, it's not, it doesn't come to a standstill, but it's just, it's, but I think that's good if you can do that, because it's, it's, I think it makes it slightly different from the other pieces. And, and, that, and the other thing you, you're trying to do as a quartet, because of course they're so, it's such a homogenous sound in a way, is that that's why it's hard, because you want to make the contrast. Um, that's why it's a big challenge, I think. Um, and, and that's why I think that when you're younger, you don't necessarily have that skill to, to do that. I also had a sense, have a sense that, that, that in this particular piece, that the, the cello is a voice that is closer to you, perhaps, than the other three string instruments. Um, I suppose so. Well, the thing is, it's a range as well. I mean, I, I, um, no disrespect um, to Axel and Karina, but I actually prefer lower string instruments generally. I've written, I mean, I've written concertos for, for both, but I've written a viola concerto, which I'm very proud of, uh, cello concerto, well, a violin concerto I le- like less. Um, so it, I find it easier, maybe, to write for. For, and of course the cello has this incredible range um, but I think it's a dark sound of you know I mean that's why I like in, in, in other instruments bass clarinets and, and, and the lower saxophones it's, it's something that just appeals to me I think I mean, you talked a moment ago about, about arriving at the string quartet, and, and I was just as you were talking, remembering the kind of dark despair in the middle of the 19th century, led by Schumann, about whether it would ever be possible to write string quartets mm. after Beethoven. Mm. And, and in a way, for the 20th and 21st century composer, I mean, living in the shadow of an extraordinary set of quartets by Shostakovich, yeah. by, by Bartok. I mean, it really must be enormously intimidating. Well, it is, it is in a sense, although, funny enough, in England, it's slightly less, although, of course, we've got Britain and we've got Tippett, which I think are very striking quartets. But um, I think that if you're a German composer, it would be very hard, or an Austrian composer. I think, you, you know, if we're going to be not really, still intimidated because they're pieces that are world pieces, but I don't know, I, just, I, just, I think you have to try and forget about it. I think if, if, you, if you really worry about that, then you just you stop writing, or you stop writing for that combination. I think you just have to... I mean, it's partly why I did the Led Zeppelin in the other quartet. I'd slightly distanced myself from, you know, and I think there was, that was a deliberate thing. But that got me over the sort of the, the, the worry of that, and that's why I think I found it uh, not easy, but I mean, I found it easier to write this, this quartet. So it was the first time without a safety net? A little quartet. bit. Yeah, this one is, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and what do you think it is that, 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 that makes or made you anxious? What is it about this form? And clearly it's others feel it too. I don't know. I just think that it's probably the late quartets of Beethoven more than anything else because they're just so extraordinary. And we're going to hear an earlier one tonight, but, you know, I mean, like, they're pieces that, 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 that are just formally as well. Just so, so they, they, they're so modern. They take so much risk, so many risks that I think that you just think, well, you know, how can you beat that I mean you can't but you know it's just it, so it, it's sort of silly really because I mean it, it, there are other things you know think about piano music you know you wouldn't write any piano music if you thought about Schumann, Brahms and all you know Beethoven piano sonatas were just, were just as 
amazing, really rich as the, as the quartets in a way. And I think that the, the, instead of being intimidated by it, you should sort of almost rejoice in it. And I think that, although I don't quote anything, I think that I, I'm, I probably now listen more to late Beethoven or, or Beethoven quartets more than even orchestral music. It means so much to me. Um, I just, I mean, I will go out of my way. And it's very interesting, you know, I've been to a lot of concerts at the Wigmore Hall, and of course this is ideal, but, but I've, as I get older, I go to more than I used to. I used to just go to orchestral concerts. I never really go into chamber music. The only time I ever heard much chamber music is when I had a piece played. And now it's really changed, because I, I love the intimacy of it also, but I just love the players. I love, you know, watching them interact. Some people have sometimes said making this journey to chamber music in later life, both as composers, players, but indeed audiences, mm. that there's a sense of, of, of digestion, to choose an analogy of yeah. But as you get older, the, 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 the food is rarer but simpler yeah. in yeah. one way. And in some ways, and also just, I just I, you go through you're listening to lots of different things, but then you come back. I mean, I, as I said, Beethoven was an obsession when I was a kid. My mum was a huge Beethoven fan, so, uh, but I never knew the quartets. I knew the and some of the piano sonatas, mainly the big public pieces. Mm. So it's funny that, that then there was this, you know. And what's great is that I've had um, and I'm, I feel, you know, that in a way um, it's been brilliant for me because it's something I got to learn in later in life and, and how rich is that so, so it, it's quite nice I saved it up because you know, I've heard so much music in my life that there's still things to, to, to actually learn and, and, I, and I, I go back to these quartets the Beethoven all, all the time I, I heard a, a friend um, uh, telling another friend that if he found his 18 year old son sitting in his bedroom listening to late Beethoven quartets mm. almost certainly he'd ask him to go into therapy <laughs> in, well, the yeah. sen- in the sense that yeah. what you yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose so. But I think, I think that, that um, yeah, it's it. Well, of course, there's also it, the other thing that makes it very intimidating is that people say well, you can't understand them when you're younger, mm. and I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I think it's great to have the love of them, but I, I suppose there is there's, there's something formally very uh, that takes great risks, and I and I, and I, I just love the idea of that. They're just they're, they're, and I always think that the composition should be um, should be not it shouldn't be predictable, and I think that's what's so amazing about Beethoven. It's like it's never predictable and, and I think that's just although I don't I mean I, I, I see that as quite a goal of mine but you know I would never get to that level but it's 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 something that, that, that inspires me rather intimidates me now I wonder also if for the composer in the string quartet um, you are as it were pretty exposed in yeah. a way that there's nowhere to hide as there might be in a large-scale orchestral piece this is true and that's again the texture thing because you know the, if, if, the idea of writing a longer piece for string quartet is hard because with the orchestra, you can you've got the, the enormous palette, and you can you know and you can hide behind things. You can use percussion, for instance, and in my case, saxes and bass clarinets. And it, it, it it's just it's it is easier, and it, and you are exposed. And, and and if you don't play a string instrument, it's also worrying because you think, well, you know, um, you know, it's just it's a technical thing, which which I've got better at, I think, because I've written more. And in fact, I've written a lot for the national ensemble, which I've been working with even two days ago. And, I, and of course, when you're working with those players, you do get more confident, but it takes a while. What was your reaction when you discovered that, 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 that this new quartet was going to be um, 
what the test piece for the, the string quartet competition here at Wigmore next year? Well, I don't really like competition, so I'm sort of in two minds, but I shouldn't be saying that because probably people... I mean, I, it's, it, it's, what is very funny is that I'm, I'm getting quartets because I know a couple of players saying, oh, can we see it before it comes <laughs> out? <laughs> so that's been a bit naughty. So, um, so I've had to sort of like, you know, um, sort of, because especially as it's going to change, you know, it has changed when I've been working with the Belchers. But um, I don't know. I don't know what I feel about it, really. Um, I, I, I suppose I'm not sure if I want to be at the competition that much to hear my piece over and over again. <laughs> That's the scary thing. Um, but, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's nice that young... Well, what's great is that... Um, I don't, did you say how many quartets are playing it? There are 12. Uh, yeah. I think through to the... Well, to, to the, to the yeah, I think it's just very nice to know that younger players are, are playing it, you know, as well. I mean, it's just nice to think your you know, pieces have a, have a life. But I don't know. I just, I just think the whole idea of competitions is a bit scary for me. But presumably there's also the hope that, 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 that some of these 12 will take it into their own repertoire, yeah. that they will do a piece that they really feel engaged with yeah. and want to. Want yeah, to that would be nice. Yeah. I mean, it's always, always, that's always the worry sometimes with pieces that, and this happens more with me with jazz pieces as well, is that you've only got certain players who play it and they keep playing it and the younger generation of players don't play it so much. Not the Belcher are that old, of course, because they are still quite young, so... <laughs> Or younger than me. <laughs> this is also this piece is also the the, the beginning of a new collaboration. Yeah. Um, in terms of commissioning, um, um, you've in a sense been quite lucky, both with your residences yeah. with a variety of orchestras, mm. um, uh, and indeed working in both opera houses with kind of good support. Um, I mean, commissioning is really essential, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's getting harder as well. I mean, I talked to composers. I talked to uh, a friend of mine um, last night, actually Simon Holt, and we were talking about it because he's actually the next person. Um, in the commissioning for the Radcliffe. In fact, I think his piece has been played by the Jack Quartet on the 19th of January. And we're just saying, not about this piece, but you know, about some of the pieces that have been commissioned, that sometimes um, it takes years to get some of these things off the ground. And it's getting uh, harder. Um, what is happening, though, is, of course, we've got um, co-commissioning, which is, which is a, a, a great thing where, where you get two or three orchestras or two or three um, ensembles to actually commission and so the piece does get played in three or four different places. But the important thing, surely, whether it's with an orchestra or whether it's with a, a quartet like the Belchers, is that the relationship between the composer who has had the commission and the people who are going to play it should be part of the whole arrangement. I think so, yeah. But I don't, can't see it any other way, to be honest, because I, mean, I, I like working with players. I mean, not, I suppose you've got some problems sometimes with some composers who don't, collaborate so much or don't feel so comfortable there are certain composers and especially older ones who just hand over the score and that's their vision and they don't want to change it and they don't really particularly want to I mean that's unusual I have to say these days but I think that um, the personal thing for me because in fact when I'm, the more I think about it the most of my friends are players um, most of my closest friends are players so so I have this this whole my whole world is is, is working with with, with players that play either orchestras or in, or in ensembles. So, so, um, so it is that collaborative thing that is, is essential for me. I mean, I wonder sometimes if those who do commission understand that it is not simply the composer, it is, as it were, the whole, the whole bundle, really. Yeah, I hope so. I think, that, I think a lot of people do. I think, I think that um, there are lots of good schemes as well. You know, the BCMG, Birmingham Contemporary Music Group, in in Birmingham had this great thing where people subscribe to, I mean, so it's commissioned by lots, you know, um, 30 or 40 people put money in and then they get a score at the end. I, I love things like that because I think it's, um, that does become very personal then. And I think they, they invest in it and they, they, they you know, because they, 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 they can follow it then through, through, especially if they do workshops or tryouts and stuff. And, and I like that. I, I find that, um, 
I'm quite open about that, actually. I mean, I, I wouldn't mind um, situations where if somebody commissioned something and it was a, and I'd written a workshop, you know, a workshop it that people were allowed to come and hear a first version. It's scary because, of course, you change it, and of course, you may have done a duff version initially. But, but I think that um, I think people like the idea of the process. And I think if they can follow that from early on, it's quite fascinating. I think that's true. And I think the other thing is, is it makes them understand perhaps the piece better when finally it arrives. Yeah. Because you've seen the journey, it, it's gone. And we, yeah. we so, so rarely see the journey now. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. and also the players do as well, because they, they, they see an early version and then, then it changes maybe. But they, they feel that they, they're part of the part of the process in a, in a sense you said that this piece we're going to hear now was, was written two years ago and mm-hmm. that would suggest perhaps you have in mind another quartet are you beginning to work on another one I'm always got, I've, funny enough I've got quite a lot of sketches I sketch a lot sometimes even when I'm not being commissioned so I've got little sort of ideas so, um, and of course there are things that the other thing that um, not all composers will, although I do know a lot of composers do work like this is they have um, they have a sort of like um, well sketchbook is that's not so much it's like pages of stuff and I have like things that I call off cuts and that, that sounds like they're not good it's just that I, do, I like them enough because I mean if I don't like something I'll just chuck it in a bin I mean I do get rid of stuff um, it's not like I mean I am self-critical in that way but sometimes there's things in pieces that you that you they don't fit in the piece but you like the idea they might just be a scrap of idea three or four bars long but they, they may work somewhere else and so maybe I think probably when I was working on Contusion, I did have a few things that didn't quite work, but then my, I might think, well, I can develop that into another piece. And so that, that happens quite a lot, actually. So, so I have got, you know, in my mind, because I'm, you know, feeling more confident about quartets and stuff. Is there a kind of moment of kind of critical mass in which suddenly there are enough of these fragments uh, uh, for you to begin to think you have got enough material? A little bit. The trouble is that sometimes also that, that you know, you go back to them six months later and I thought, well, I couldn't work out why the hell I actually kept that. <laughs> I should have got it. I should have chucked it in the bin. Um, and I've got a few things that recently I thought, well, they, they could work, you know, and they don't always... It's funny, um, sometimes, you know, because, again, the great thing about the quartet is that it's four... I love things in four parts. I love four-part writing. It maybe comes from Bach chorales or the harmonic thing. It's quite a challenge. Um, so I've got that as well. So maybe I have piano sketches and also quartet sketches, but they may go into an orchestral piece. You know, it's that thing, actually talking about Brahms um, with the Brahms quintet today. Um, not this piece, but quite often there's things that started off as a piano concerto and then went into a symphony and, and vice, you know, they... they, they, they they morph into other ideas. So, but so I've probably got stuff that might not end up being a quartet, might end up being an orchestral piece. But it's just it's just the original form of the sketch. So I've got a lot of these little things. There was also said in your career when you were looking at things you'd already done and played, published, mm. and, and finding things, that you, pieces, fragments within existing pieces that mm. you could do other things with. You a, still do that a little bit, although. Um, it does happen occasionally. Um, I've got, there is an example of that, actually, recently. Um, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, to, although I think it's been announced. I'm writing a piece for um, Nicola Benedetti and Leonard, Leonard, Leonard um, who's a, a boyfriend, and they're, they're working together. Eschenbroich, yeah. It's a fantastic cellist. I'm doing a piece for them, and, and one of the, so it's just for violin and cello. Um, and I had the idea of... I've got one, one movement um, from uh, Undance, which is a ballet I wrote for mm. Sadler's Wells from Way McGregor and there's one movement which has actually got a violin and cello sort of duet but it's, it's surrounded by 
lots of the ensemble, and I've always liked it in its original form a little bit. And I'm going to—I've taken that out and put it back to the original idea, and then surrounded it with four or five other movements. So it, that's one example of where it was in part of another piece, but I've made it into—you know—so that does happen. I think, especially from chamber to bigger pieces. So I've got. Although, actually, these days I do less and less of it. Maybe I'll just write more music than I used to. A last question. Are you writing, in terms of, of, of the amount you are pleased with and, and the speed with which you write, in a different way than you used to? I mean, are things... Or does it get harder? It doesn't get harder. I mean, I love doing it more than anything else, to be quite honest. So it doesn't get hard. I mean, it does... It's not that it's easy. But um, I'm in a very happy state when I'm doing it. And I think it, it's... Um, it, it, for me, it's sort of, um, I have to do it. I mean, I was, I was said to, I was saying last night to Simon Holt, actually, we were just talking, I said that if I studied my career went down the toilet, which, you know, could happen, um, I would probably still, if I had to get a normal job, I don't know, working somewhere, um, I would still probably write music in the evenings. I do think being a composer is a normal job. Well, yeah, yeah, but, you know, most people say, you know, there's that joke about get a proper job. <laughs> but, you know, in the sense that I, I have this absolute obsession with writing music that, that if I couldn't earn money from doing it, I would still do it, you know, part, you know, I would just do it in my evenings. Um, so, it, it's, so, in a sense, that's what I really want to do. It, it's getting... I don't know, maybe my process of working is I work faster, but then I reflect more. And I, I always had this uh, interesting about reflection, because I think it's a thing that a lot of um, creative artists think about. I used to really tie myself in knots if I wasn't doing stuff all the time. And now what I realise is I'm thinking about stuff more in my head than I used to. So I'm, I'm sort of obsessing about a piece, but not necessarily physically working on it. And I, I'm more relaxed about that, whereas I used to think, oh, I've got to be doing this all the time. Whereas I think, you know, I might be um, start walking or something, and I'm, you know, I mean, a lot of composers do that, but I think I did less of it. And so I've become more um, at home with the idea, you know, I, I feel more comfortable in my skin about what I'm about composing. Um, so it's, it's less neurotic for me. So it's more, it's more so relaxed. Mark Anthony Tenish, thank you very thank much you. indeed. Thanks very much. Thank you.